When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that asks you what you want to be when you grow up so you can graduate into retirement with purpose and passion. I'm your host and valedictorian, Eric Brotman, and today I have a true kindred spirit as a guest. Troy Holt is a certified financial educator, he's a registered financial consultant, and he's the host of the Troy Talks podcast. He's also the chief encouragement officer, which I love, of a financial consulting firm. He focuses on empowering and educating individuals and small business owners on wealth accumulation, preservation, and debt elimination. And he's on a mission to eliminate financial illiteracy, particularly in the African-American community. Troy, welcome to Don't Retire Graduate. I'm so glad you're here. Eric, again, uh, thank you for this opportunity. I'm I'm truly honored. Uh, you know, we are kind of in the same industry, so uh, I'm I'm honored to be here. So I'm I'm truly grateful. Uh, I listened to the podcast and I enjoyed it. I, I even like the uh, the office hours. That I I really like that where you drop a little nuggets answering questions. So thank you again for this opportunity. Oh, well, you're welcome. And now that you've buttered me up, you can pretty much have anything you want the rest of the show. That's perfect. Um, I'm with you. I think financial illiteracy is a is a plague. It's a it's something that yeah. we have to to have to root out. And it, it it's a very hot potato, whether you do it in schools, how do you do it in homes? You know, adults don't know how to do this, so they can't possibly teach their kids how to do this. Um, but you've put together not only did you write a really great book, but you put together a website with um which is sort of how money works and you've got money milestones and what i like about what you put together is it is linear so it's step one step two step three it's incredibly accessible this isn't something that uh that that you need to be a money nerd or a financial wonk to enjoy this is something really accessible to everybody and so i'm hoping we can go through that a little bit today together I'd like to first uh, start with how you got into this business and and how you became uh, how you became passionate about financial literacy as a as a cause too. Yeah. So uh, first of all, let me uh, be transparent here. I didn't write the book, and then I didn't create the re- website. But the company that I am associated with, uh, this is all their marketing, and and it, and it's great because it's it's mm-hmm. great education and entertainment. And so how I got in the industry, uh, so I may be telling my age, but it was some huh. years ago, um, I, I was looking for a change. I had uh, recently got out of the military and then I was doing some civilian contracting work and I wanted to uh, uh, do a career change. And one of the things that I seen, uh, Eric, was it's kind of funny, I seen that the guys that carried the briefcase and wore the suits tend to make the most money and and they didn't have to go out and do manual labor. So that was kind of got my attention, you know. Uh And so a friend of mine told me about an opening at uh, uh, American Express Financial Advisors. It's now Mm -hmm. Ameriprise. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I went there and uh, I had had we studied for the Series 7 uh, and and the uh, insurance license, the Series 7. uh, I feel every practice test. I remember I had a friend of mine 
who we met, he had just retired from the military and he wanted to quit. We're doing all these practice tests. So I failed every practice test and he wanted, he wants to quit. And then he said, uh, man, Troy, man, I'm failing all these. I said, no, we can't quit. And so uh, I kept going on. We had a little young guy who was laughing at us. He just graduated from college with a finance degree. He's laughing mm. at us, struggling to, you know, to, to, to get these tests. We both end up going in there, passing the test and end up getting a license. And then the uh, young man, he ended up failing. And oh, so it was something. Yes, yes, right. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Well, that's because you that's because you studied. <laughs> you studied, right, right? Right. Yes. And it was one of those things that uh, I was just passionate about. You know, I, I grew up in housing projects, and my family was poor, uh, and I wanted to make a difference and, and make an impact and do something different in my family. And so now I'm at a point where. Uh, more, I'm more chasing. Uh, 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 when I was younger, I was chasing success. Now I'm chasing significance, and so uh -huh. I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave an impact. When when I when I die and people come to my funeral, I want them to say Detroit always tried to make an impact. And so that's kind of where I'm at uh, now in my in my life, my journey, my career is wanting to make an impact. All right, and I I hate to to date you, but but you're you're not only a, a dad, you're a grandfather too. You've got grandkids, right? I, I sure do. I have three uh, grandsons. Let me see. Uh, nine, eight, and five. Okay. Uh, yes. So the, uh, are yeah. they all local to you? You're in Florida. Are they all local to you? Yes. Yes. They all here in uh -oh. Florida with me. Yes. Oh, sir. that's awesome. So there's your significance, yeah. A. Yes. Um, yes. You know, and then then the impact you can have on the community is is sort of the 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 other significance because of what you do for a living. Yeah. I mean, I, I think right. people get. Um, I think some people get into the financial industries for all the wrong reasons. And it's funny yeah. because a lot of times what attracts people to our business is this idea that you can make a lot of money. Right. But, sure, the, sure. but the ones who really stay and really are at mm -hmm. this, and I, I'm, I've been at this almost 30 years, so I don't know how long you've been doing this, but the ones who stay are the ones who really do feel like they can make a difference. It's not about the money. It, it's one of those things where you can make a good living in a lot of different ways, but this is yeah. a way where we actually get to make a difference in people's lives every day. And it, it's incredibly sure. enriching. And, and I'm glad that you feel that way. Now, financial literacy is important at all levels, but particularly for young people to avoid getting into trouble in the first place. Uh, and one of the milestones that, that uh, your group talks about is in fact, um, debt elimination. But, but you say, Start first with milestone one, and before you even get started, sort of find a navigator, find a co-pilot, work with a professional. Why do you think that's important other than the fact that we are professionals, um, other than the self-serving obvious fact? Um, why do you think folks need a financial advisor or consultant in order to, to, to get on this path? Great question. So a number of reasons. Number one is, uh, does, a, does a doctor perform surgery on himself? Does a lawyer Hope, perform? Hopefully not. <laughs> correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hopefully does not. A lawyer, does a lawyer go in the courtroom and represent themselves, even though they're a lawyer? Even if it's another lawyer, he's going to get someone else who has some experience and expertise, especially if it's not his not his not area law. Then also we have a lot of uh, miscommunication. You know, there's some great information out there, uh, but. Uh, it's a lot, and then navigating through the mis miscommunication, uh, misinformation. So I think people that have somebody who has some experience and some knowledge can guide them and help them not make the pitfalls of uh, DIY and also the misinformation. So I think it's important to have that uh, uh, 
that person to guide it. And I tell people too, when I'm in a, in, in a uh, client relationship with them, hey, you still the driver, you know, I'm gonna make recommendations, but you still can say no, you know? And I voice, mm-hmm. I say, well, I, I don't like that, but uh, I recommend you do this, but you still, they still in control that they can say yes or no. So uh, I, I think that's an important fact that ultimately we may be navigators, but it, it's not our money. You know, and, and, and to be dispassionate about it is important. And I don't know about you, but I actually, my wife and I have a financial advisor we work with who isn't me because not only, not only is it hard, it's kind of like an editor can't edit their own work. If you write a book, you can't edit your own book. Somebody else has to read it because your brain is seeing what you think you wrote or what you meant to write, not necessarily what's on paper. And I think it's the same thing with with uh, the financial piece. It's the accountability yeah. of why did you do this? We could rationalize any kind of behavior. All of us can. We're human. Correct. Correct. Um, and so I, I do think that that's valuable. So let's let's walk through some of these because mm-hmm. um, I, I think you I, I think you gave a compelling reason why why people really do benefit from having some kind of mm-hmm. financial advice. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the challenges is financial advice isn't one size fits all. Um, there are lots of terrific firms out there who say, oh, we can't wait to talk to you, but not unless you have $10 million or a million dollars or whatever it is. Um, and so there's there's kind of a loathing, I think, at times uh, of mm-hmm. folks in the financial business because you can make somebody feel real small real fast just by saying, sorry, you don't meet our profile. Sure. Um, you know, I don't know about you, but I get all the mail at home from the solicitations of financial advisors who really are wasting their money because they don't know what I do for a living, but that's beside the fact. (laughs) And it all says, Hey, if you have half a million dollars, we'd like to talk. Well, isn't that convenient? Where, where were you when I was 20 grand in debt and needed help to get myself going? Right. Um, right. So, so, so milestone one Mm -hmm. is to get financially educated. And, uh, and, and I know you have a resource for that. how, what are the places, how do you know what's, what's real and what's not? Cause I, when, when I was a kid growing up, um, we knew it was true if it was on TV. And of course I say mm-hmm. that as a joke now it's, well, if it's right. on the internet, it must be a fact. Uh, and hopefully everyone knows better, but it's the same idea. Yeah. So how do you, how do you decide what is really good, objective, helpful advice and what is either a thinly veiled sales pitch or, or just plain wrong? Well, you kind of said it, you know, uh, earlier, uh, basically, there's no cookie cutter approach. Uh, Everybody's situation is different. So it's sitting down with somebody who is not trying to just sell you products, but to, you know, help, you know, first of all, educate you. One thing uh, I like about uh, the seven money milestones uh, and the whole how money works, it teaches strategies and principles. It doesn't mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't push products. It's, it's, it's teaching these strategies and, and, and principles. You know, milestone number two is proper protection. Number three is emergency fund. You know, th- th- those are principles that everybody can uh, incorporate, uh, mm-hmm. whether they have a um, uh, advisor or not. You know, they can they technically can do themselves. You know, debt management, mm-hmm. cash flow, building wealth, and protecting wealth. All those are just just principles, just strategies and education. And then you get more in details once you find out more about uh, the, the 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 client. I tell people there's two things when I'm working with clients. I said number one for me, uh, it is, uh, and I said excuse the terminology, but for me when I work for you, it's not a one night stand. It's a long term relationship. <laughs> Uh, I, do, I do tell them. That. All right. Well, now we've gone beyond PG straight to at right. least PG 13. Okay. Right. Uh, and I tell them, you know, that 
you know, it's all about everybody's different. Their goals is different. So, uh, so we can't always just pitch products because we really have to find out what that particular client lead. And then things change, you know, uh, People get married, they get divorced, they have children, um, their needs change, their goals change. And so you have to constantly, sometimes you have to change the plan because a life change and life hits us sometimes. And so it, it, it's just, you know, helping those navigate through that. So when I say the, the one night stand, a long-term relationship, I want to see their grandkids uh, or, or go to college. And they let me know, hey, they send me pictures uh, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. my philosophy is people over uh, profits, relationships over uh, revenue and impact over income. And I think as we, as advisors, if we keep that mindset, we can make an impact with people along with making the, the income. Now, what, what kind of things do you do um, when there are folks who really can't afford you, can't afford to work with you in a, in a consultative way? Do you point them at these resources? Are, are there other places where you suggest that they go to get some basics? Do you talk, do you, I mean, do you know financial coaches and financial therapists and and all these other kinds of resources that are out there? How, how do you determine whether you can help somebody or whether maybe maybe you might do more harm than good by by engaging because of the cost of working with you? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I tell people, if I can't help you, I won't hurt you. And so there are sometimes there are people that, you know, that they just not in a position uh, you know, and so what I try to do is try to guide them and give them uh, different resources or opportunities. Uh, you know, maybe it's uh, they don't have they don't make enough income. Maybe they work in part time. And so, you know, I try to say, hey, you know, have considered uh, maybe a job. If, if you got a job you're looking for, if I know somebody, I can maybe uh, introduce you referral uh, because I believe that if I stay with you when you have nothing, and then you get a big inheritance or you win the lottery, then you remember me uh, because I, I was with you when you have have nothing and I didn't treat you differently. Uh, and I believe that uh, if we keep that mindset, people will, well, Troy, you was with me when I didn't have nothing and now I have something and I want to, I want to come and work with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's the kind of, that's the kind of relationship building and that's the kind of dignity that you yeah. can provide uh, in a relationship with any human being. So I'm with you. So sure. financial education, we covered the next one is protection. Now protection means a yeah. lot of things to different people. To some people, it yeah. means a helmet. To some people, it means a seat belt. To some people, it means uh, insurance or other kinds of, of risk management. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you think are the maybe two or three spots where, families or couples or even individuals are least prepared um, from a protection standpoint? Well, first of all, I think one of them is is life insurance, uh, where people are either uninsured or uh, uh, uninformed. They say, I have it on my job. They don't realize that on the job, uh, most of the time they're renting it versus Mm -hmm. owning it. Uh, mm-hmm. And they should have something outside of the job. But also one of them that a lot of people don't think about is disability. We're more likely to have a disability than we because we're only going to die once. But we may have multiple times. That <laughs> well, we're I disabled. hope so. You know, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> uh, I don't want to do that over and over again. 
I, I know, right, Eric? <laughs> yeah. But uh, disability is a, a a big one that, you know, people miss out, you know, because uh, it, it provides income protection, but also long-term care, which is really finna be a huge issue uh, because mm -hmm. baby boomers are retiring, the cost of health care is going up, uh, and uh, that's just a big issue. When I was, uh, when I first started with American Express, uh, the big issue was retirement, you know, uh, and retirement planning. And they, they talked about long-term care, but I don't think people really uh, took in consideration the cost of health care mm -hmm. was going to be so significant. And I think that has blown a lot of things out of proportion because a lot of seniors now are spending a lot of money on health care. Oh, yeah, I'm safe for retirement, but I didn't realize my health care was going to, mm -hmm. you know, call it, you know. And so so those are, those are the three areas I think is very important that people are looking at for is risk management. OK. All right. Now, I, I can't argue with any of those points. I think that makes sense. None of us realized yeah. uh, how expensive it would be to get older and how long we right. might live. You know, sure, I, I, I think a lot of the programs and systems in the United States were set up based on a certain life expectancy that hasn't really been. Uh, adjusted for decades. You know, you look True. at Social Security, for example. Social Security was designed to be for the absolute extreme elderly. It was supposed to be a safety right. net if you outlived your money, basically. Right. And and now, you know, there's people claiming at 62 who could live another 50 years. Um, yeah. And, and, and that ultimately doesn't work. The math won't work. Correct. We're living too Correct. long. Um, and the cost of health care is not the same as the cost of groceries. I mean, True. some of it's technology, some of it's, yeah. uh, we could we could beat on some insurance companies if we wanted to for driving prices right. up. And also uh, some of the tort reform and the lawyers. And I mean, there's lots of reasons why healthcare yeah. in this country is is a mess. Um, there's no one, one culpable party for sure, but uh, I'm with you. Now, you talk about an emergency fund. And an emergency fund, this is your sleep at night fund. This is your, uh, and, and you reference the three little pigs uh, and the one with the brick house, as I recall, did better than the other two. Um, right. How big, how big should an emergency fund be? What do you, is there a rule of thumb? Because I think every family is different and it's hard to say, oh, here's the number or here's, here's a number of months. But what, what do you tend to use as a barometer? Yeah, well, the rule of thumb is uh, three to six months of uh, uh, income, uh, you know, put away, uh, but it could be different for others. Some it could be more, some could be less. Uh, but uh, I think they said uh, 40, I think the number says 44% of, of, of Americans don't have $400 for uh, don't for emergency a four hundred dollar emergency, right? Uh, which is huge. Yeah, uh, for forty yeah. forty four percent don't have enough cash to care, uh, cover a four hundred dollar emergency. So I think that's mm -hmm. huge. Uh, and you know, uh, I, you talked about this. I heard this on with the interview with uh, Julian and uh, mm -hmm. and his wife. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, one of the big things emergency fund. I tell people that the, one of the simplest and, and smartest things they can do is pay themselves first. Mm -hmm. uh, and you agree with that, Eric, too. You know, you've been oh, a CFP. You, yeah, pay pay yourself first. And I tell people, and, and I, what, I, what I try to get to them, uh, yeah, we want you to get to three to six months uh, uh, amount. I said, but the, 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 the mindset and the discipline is just a start, whether it's a dollar, whether it's $10. Mm -hmm. The amount doesn't matter. It's you getting the discipline and the mindset to start. Mm -hmm. And I said, then the amount will come because you're in the habit of doing it. And now you can mm -hmm. set it up where it's automatic. And so I really try to emphasize people in that, you know, for that emergency fund, start uh, mm -hmm. uh, setting aside, even if you have to 
uh, use it. I remember uh, years ago when I was putting uh, money and paying my September spit, I would have to use it because I didn't have enough money. So I would have to pull it out of the savings account and use it. But I disciplined myself and I kept mm -hmm. doing it. And I still do it today. I still pay myself 10%. Now, now I'm, a, I'm a, a, a man of faith. So so God gets his first and then mm -hmm. then I get mine. Uh, uh, so but but but, you know, some people, they don't they don't uh, 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 worship God and they don't give like that. I understand, but they need to pay themselves uh, a start. And I mm -hmm. think it's very important. No, well, it, it is. And that's why they call it an emergency fund, because when it comes up, Correct. you need to have it. I, I think uh, something like half of all Americans are one missed paycheck from a serious problem. I mean, really serious yeah. problem. Sure. And, sure. Uh, sure. and that's not good. And so that that gets us to milestone four, mm -hmm. which is debt management. Um, yeah, you, you know, debt, debt is, um, it's an albatross. It is, uh, yeah. it is like weighing yourself down. Um, what do you tell folks who are in debt? First, what do you tell folks that are in debt, um, that's manageable? And then what do you tell folks in, in debt that is frankly unmanageable and, and, and can't be resolved? How do you, how do you delineate between those two kinds of folks? Yeah, though, it's tough, you know, because, you know, you hey can you create more cash flow can you cut back mm -hmm. expenses you know really dig deep and look at your spending habits i remember uh, uh i wasn't tracking uh during covid i wasn't tracking uh uh my uh, uh funds uh, during covid uh right around the uh, uh, height of covid i remember it was uh november uh, around thanksgiving and i looked at my uh, my food bill it was 1200 dollars and I was door dashing a lot. I'm like, this is crazy. Cause you know, I never spend like that, but you know, it was Thanksgiving uh -huh. also. So, you know, we spent food for that. And so, so uh -huh. staying on top of it and tracking it, uh, uh -huh. you know, uh, it, it's important. And so sometimes, you know, you can, you know, try to give people some advice, you know, uh, I like the Dave, Dave, uh, Ramsey, uh, snowball effect. Mm -hmm. uh, some people may be avalanche, but you know, some people sometimes, is, is a matter of their spending habits. They need to stop uh, uh, sp uh, buying things on on credit uh, if it's not an uh, if, if if it's a liability. If it's not an asset, stop buying those things. Uh, maybe cut up those credit cards. Sometimes you know you got to make tough decisions uh, mm -hmm. to get people like that. And so to help people to get them out of debt, uh, can they refi? Can they you know uh, can they you know do different things? So it, so there's solutions out there. They might not want to hear them, but sometimes it's really tough when people have a lot of debt. So that brings us to cash flow, because mm -hmm. arguably it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you spend more than you make, you will eventually have a problem. And if you um, if you're not saving enough and you spend more than you make, it's like pouring money into a bucket, but having a hole at the bottom of the bucket bigger than the spout at the top. It's not going to work. So there's only two ways I know of to increase cash flow, right? You can mm -hmm. either you can either increase revenue or income or you can decrease expenses. Correct. Is there a third one Correct. that I don't know? I mean, guys, I guess refinancing, you can adjust certain things. But but what do you tell folks where cash flow is the issue? Are you, are you saying get another uh, get a side hustle or a second job or, or work more hours? Or are you saying, um, you know, let's let's stop buying some of the things you're buying that aren't necessary? What what is the. Uh, what's the best approach there? I can't say what's the best approach, but I think all the the above because it depends on who the who the uh, the client is. Uh, but I will say is uh, I think one thing COVID taught us was that 
uh, um, many of us need to have more than one stream of income and mm -hmm. not just rely on the job, have some type of side business, side hustle, something mm -hmm. that, you know, in the event of something happened, you still got a stream of income coming in. So we can get people to change that mindset. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I remember working with American Express. They taught us a lot uh, how to find money, you know, uh, especially when we're trying to get people to start setting up a plan. You know, some of that look, look at look at your cell phone bill. I worked in the wireless industry for a number of, number of years. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the cell phone bill, uh, you can find some money there because maybe they have an old phone or have the old line and they're paying uh, insurance. So look at your uh, deductible on your on your uh, your homeowner's insurance, on your auto insurance. Maybe we could free up some money there for some mm -hmm. cash flow. Even, uh, you know, uh, there's uh, I work with a lot of single mothers many times uh, and sometimes they get eight, nine thousand dollars income tax. You know, you and I know is really you giving the government your money for free. But mm -hmm. I try to tell mm -hmm. them, hey, take. 2000 of that and, and drop it in maybe uh, an IRA or a, 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 a Roth or a life insurance policy instead of spending the whole thing because you, you're going to need it. And then you can set up the child uh, for uh, a generation of wealth, you know, start putting it away. So, so different things like that. So maybe uh, let's get a little bit more, talk to HR, let's get a little bit more money in the, instead of getting a $8,000, maybe you get $6,000, we get an extra $100 a month cash flow coming in. So there's different things, but are people willing to do that? One of the things I, I really find uh, uh, education is great, but then you have the other challenge of implementation. Oh, yeah. yeah. No question. I and mean, people love tax refunds. Tax refunds, it, you're right. It, it means that you've given the government an interest-free loan for sometimes up Correct. to 15 months. Um, yeah. But people are very afraid of getting a letter from the IRS that says you owe us money, right. whether it's a whether right. it's a hundred thousand dollars or a nickel. Nobody wants a letter from yeah. the IRS in their mailbox. Right. So, they're, they're, you know, I think the perfect tax plan is one that ends in a zero at the end of the year where you're, I agree you're, with you. Yeah, right. you're, yeah. you're either paying something, but it's de minimis yeah. or you're receiving something, but it's de minimis. Correct. and You don't have to worry too much about it. So. All right. So yeah. now cash flow is under control. We've got debt under control. We've got an emergency mm -hmm. fund. We've got some protection in place. Now we're ready to build wealth. Yeah. The word yeah, wealth means a lot of things to a lot of people. What does the word wealth mean to you? The word wealth means to me is, is not just uh, money. It, it, it covers so many things. It, it could be wisdom. It could be knowledge. Uh, but it's also assets, uh, income producing assets and not just, uh, you know, uh, we look at entertainers and we look at athletes. Uh, mm -hmm. That's not wealth. They're just rich. But wealth is something that can pass on for generations. You never have to touch uh, the principal. And we know there's big families like the Rothschilds and Rockefellers and stuff. That's that's wealth. And and there's an old yeah. saying, uh, wealth is quiet and rich is loud. So we know you you don't even know these people that got all this wealth. You know. Oh, so yeah. that's what I, You know. Now you're uh, you're from Tennessee. Family. You're from Tennessee, but in Texas they call that big hat no cattle. That, those are the folks driving the fancy car who couldn't come up with 500 bucks if they had to. Um, you know, it's kind of funny, uh, but, but it's, but it's also true. Rich is loud. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the idea, the difference between rich and wealth was something I, I quote the great philosopher, Chris Rock in my book, when he talked mm -hmm. about wealth being relative, he said, if Bill Gates woke up tomorrow with Oprah's net worth, he'd want to jump out a window. 
Yeah. So that's how relative wealth is. Um, I have a a good friend, a good uh, friend who's from Bulgaria who says it's a Bulgarian Mm -hmm. proverb, whether it is or it's not, that says uh, being wealthy is just doing better than your neighbor. So everybody's got a different, everybody's got like a different, uh, a different uh, way to look at it. So, all right, the last thing is now you're building some wealth, you're investing in different Mm -hmm. ways, you've got some income producing assets, some Mm -hmm. passive income to go with whatever, whether you're blessed with a pension or not, most people aren't anymore. Um, Whether Social Security exists in its present form by the time my children and yours get to the point where they're collecting, who knows. Mm -hmm. But now you got to protect that wealth. And that means a lot of different things. What do you mean when you say protect wealth? Well, let me give some uh, high profile uh, people that, especially in my community, are remember. Mm-hmm. And, you, and, mm-hmm. some, and some also, you know, Aretha Franklin, mm-hmm. Prince, mm-hmm. Chadwick, Chad, Chadwick Bozeman, all of them uh, were uh, uh, millionaires, uh, even DMX, and they had all this uh, uh, money accumulated, but they had no estate plan. They had mm-hmm. no wheels, they had no trust. Everybody, uh, maybe not need a trust, but everybody should have a will. And I tell people, I said, most of us, many of us, and most of us do not like the government involved. So you got mm-hmm. two options. You got the government to dictate to where your assets uh, assets go, or you can dictate to your uh, where your assets go. So if you allow the government, uh, if you want the government, then just don't have a will and the government can dictate. And if you uh, have one, you can dictate where you want your, want your assets to go. Well, that's a pretty compelling way to look at it because the government can't manage a post office with the greatest monopoly on the planet. So I'm, right. so I'm with you. I feel I feel that yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So we've yeah. been through the seven steps. Um, we've mm-hmm. been through the seven steps. I, I think it's really I think it's really terrific. And I think you're, you're doing a lot of good for a lot of people. And, and I, 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 I applaud you for that. I, I got to ask you now more introspectively. Um, you talked about you talked about having an impact. And you talked mm-hmm. about uh, some significance. What do you want to be when you grow up? What's 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 that look like? You know, I want to be one of my ultimate goals is to uh, be full time in the ministry, and 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 mm-hmm. and that's just to just to have the freedom to just strictly ministry and mm-hmm. uh, money generating income is not an object. It's it's all mm-hmm. just ministry. And I guess that would be what I want to be when I grow up, just to be able to have the full time access to ministry, to be able to uh, we uh, our, our church, our pastor is doing some missionary work over in Tanzania. And so if I need to go over there, you know, I can go over there. Don't have to worry about uh, what's going on here. Go over there and maybe a month over there. So that that's what I want to be when I grow up. All right. Well, I have no doubt that that's where you're headed. Because Thank if you're you. following you. you, you're following your own steps and you're taking good care of people, then you will, in fact, build wealth and, and put yourself yes. in a position to do that. I have no doubt that that's in your future and I wish you well with it. Um, we need an extra credit assignment because I don't know anyone who likes homework, my kid included. But extra credit assignments, I don't know about you, but I always did them because I, I figured those yeah. were free points on the test, right? Free points are good points. Yeah. What would your extra credit assignment be for folks who spent a half hour with us today? My extra credit assignment will be for those that are listening and who have not implemented paying themselves first to start paying themselves first. That would be the extra credit assignment mm-hmm. uh, for them to start now, whether it's a dollar or whether it's ten dollars. Start because if you can't do uh, one dollar, you definitely can't do ten dollars. So wherever mm-hmm. you start, 
and just continue to do it. And eventually it'll grow it, and, and you'll get the mindset. It, it become a part of you. It'll become a habit. Uh, and I, I think uh, that will be, and I will add to that, a read atomic atomic habits. I can't remember the author's name, okay. uh, but a great book, uh, atomic habits. So that would be a second part to that because he talks about those habits. Two extra credit assignments is one too many. You yeah. have to pick one. No, I'm only kidding. Um, listen, there, there's there. You talked about wealth and wealth of wisdom and wealth of of experience, and you definitely have both, Troy. This was awesome. Thank you so so much for Thank joining you. us. Where can folks check out more about you? Yes, uh, you can find out more about me uh, at troyhope.com. Uh, that is my website, troyhope.com. I'm very active also on LinkedIn. So if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, I'm also active on LinkedIn. Excellent. We will put your contact info on our show notes when the show goes live. Uh, I thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure and it's, it's good to keep, keep doing the right, keep doing, keep doing the right thing. I can tell that you're making a difference in people's lives and that's important to, to you, to them and to the, to all of us in the community. So thank you for doing what you do. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Eric. I really appreciate it. I've enjoyed this uh, conversation with you. Absolutely. I'd like to thank all of you for listening and watching today. We'd love to hear from you. So please send us a message or leave us comments at don'tretiregraduate.com or on social media. If you enjoy the show, don't keep us a secret. Tell your friends and family so that they can join you on your journey to financial freedom. Please leave us ratings and reviews on your favorite podcast platform. Those are priceless to us. We'll be back next week with another installment of Office Hours and in two weeks with another engaging guest. For now, this is your host, Eric Brotman, reminding you, don't retire, graduate. Don't Retire, Graduate is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Securities offered through Kestra Investment Services, LLC. Kestra IS, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC. Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Kestra IS or Kestra AS are not affiliated with Brotman Financial or any other entity discussed. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present if you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.